Welcome to the Hospital Finance Podcast, your go-to source for information and insights that can help you stay ahead of the challenges impacting healthcare finance. And now, the host of the Hospital Finance Podcast, Michael Passanate. Hi, this is Mike Passanate, and welcome back to the Hospital Finance Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about overpayments, which is something that maybe doesn't get discussed as much in the industry as underpayments. And joining me is Mary Devine, who is the Director of Revenue Cycle Services here at Bessler. Mary, welcome back to the show. Mike, thanks for having me again. So as I just mentioned, you know, we, we talk about underpayments and underpayment recovery and, 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 and those types of subjects a lot in the industry, but overpayments don't usually get the same amount of attention. So why don't we start out, what, can you explain what the technical definition of a Medicare overpayment is? Sure. And, you know, first let's comment on um, you are absolutely correct in stating that overpayments do not get quite the um, attention that underpayments do. I mean, and let's be honest, if you're overpaid, that means you, you have to give money back and not and people do not like to give money back. Um, but let me jump right into what that technical definition of Medicare's overpayment is or CMS's definition of it. So CMS defines a Medicare overpayment as a payment received in excess of amounts properly payable under Medicare statutes and regulations. Um, and so federal law requires CMS to recover all identified overpayments. And the MACs are the ones that generally initiate the recovery of the overpayment that was received by a provider. Mary, what are some of the reasons that overpayments would occur? There's so many of them, but just to name a few, some um, overpayments can result from medical necessity errors, meaning that um, you were paid for a service that was rendered to a patient that was not necessary because there was no underlying diagnosis that supported the the test or the procedure that uh, the provider was doing. Potentially, there's insufficient documentation. So you bill for the administration of a drug, but there's no documentation in the medical record that supports the administering of the drug or the reason to administer the drug. Potentially, there's duplicate payments and administrative errors. So those, um, if you submit a claim and another provider submits a claim where it should deny is an overlap, but it doesn't, and you both get paid, that would be uh, certainly an error. Uh, potentially, there's an incorrect payee. Medicare is the um, second payer, and they end up paying primary because we they didn't realize there was a workers' comp in place or a no-fault um, in place. Additionally, services paid to the primary insurance. Maybe, again, Medicare is the secondary. Potentially, it's a working uh, age. And Medicare paid that as if they were primary and not as the secondary and just the coinsurance. And then, um, as we all know, things change from one fiscal year to the next. And and the payments are different. And and potentially, they paid it on a different uh, year end versus the year that the service actually occurred in. And most of these errors, as you can see, they are at the fault of the provider, but there are certainly some um, administrative and processing errors that, that do happen, and the provider is not really at fault for it, if you will. And if they are, there could be some issues in terms of compliance. Uh, Absolutely. It doesn't, doesn't come free. So um, if you're a provider in that position, what can you uh, do to avoid compliance issues? You know, for providers to be um, compliant with uh, billing and Medicare regulations, you have to your claims have to be 100% accurate 
all the time. So um, it is, you know, really um, the responsibility of the providers to perform audits and reviews and not just on those underpayments that Mike mentioned in the beginning, but um, also really to dig in and look at some of your overpayments. Because again, where there's underpayments, there's also overpayments. And this can be accomplished through chart-to-bill audits to confirm that all charges that are on that bill are actually um, supported in the medical record. Um, you also want to make sure that the diagnoses and the procedure codes present on the claim are documented and supported with physician documentation or otherwise within the, um, the chart. And generally, this is... Um, performed within a provider setting by either the compliance or internal auditing teams. And and maybe it's outsourced, but it's generally organized by those departments. And Mary, discharge status codes are often a place where errors occur. Um, you mentioned earlier uh, without fault and, and at fault claims on the provider side. Can you explain what CMS means when they use those terms? Sure. Um, so CMS states that providers are responsible for self-reporting overpayments and are liable for all overpayments received unless the provider is without fault. Um, so when we talk about without fault, that means that the provider really shouldn't have known or could not have known and um and then the other errors are they are with fault that you know they submitted the bill that had the um charges on them that aren't present in the chart or they had the diagnosis codes on them that aren't present on the chart or they submitted a claim where the procedures are not supported from a medical necessity perspective so those are at fault um and the the ones where the provider is without fault, you know, it really comes to be one of two things. Either the discharge status code is certainly a big um, area where it's really difficult for the provider to know what happened after post-discharge, although there are ways to go about that. And additionally, any of the, the MAC processing errors. And if you dug into a MAC processing error or had reason to dig into the, the claim, you would probably find the processing error, but again, you pro- you are definitely would be without fault for those. Um, so if we talk specifically about the discharge status code, when you think of the nature of the claim, you are required by CMS in order to be compliant with the, the transfer rule and the coding that you code the discharge status code to the highest level that you are aware of. So in the example of a patient being coded an 06. It's written in the documentation that the patient's going to receive the home care, but when they're discharged for whatever reason, they they don't receive home care. You leave it as an 06. Therefore, that claim would be incorrect, and that would be an example of an underpayment. Um, in the same example, there's no mention in the chart the patient's going to receive home care. There's no reason to put a discharge status code of an 06 on that claim. So you code that in 01, and lo and behold, the patient's home, and they start home care within three days. And because of the timing of it or the administrative processing errors, that claim slips through as an 01. That would be an example of the um, claim being overpaid, but you, but the, you, the provider, not at fault. And um, Medicare is quite clear that they have um, 
their edits are about 85% accurate when it talks about um, the processing errors and their rules and their regulations. And that means 15% of the time when you submit a claim through DDE that the claim is could potentially be overpaid because the, um, the edits only work 85% of the time. Mary, how long are providers scrutinized for overpayments? You know, to be honest with you, this is really kind of a funny point because when you talk about some of the look-back periods with some of the, the um, contracted auditors, they have four years. But the look-back period and the responsibility to the providers is six years as it relates to overpayments. So that means that providers have, uh, have the responsibility to ensure that back six years, there are no overpayments. And if there are overpayments, that they repay them. It's not, you know, when you talk about a rack look back or timely filing, um, it's not four years, it's not a year, but it is absolutely six years for an overpayment. Do you have any recommendations for providers regarding remediation of overpayments? Um, As I mentioned before, I would certainly recommend that um, they perform those internal audits or um, contracting with an external audit to provide um, reviews on overpayments, whether it be the discharge status code or on charging and coding. Um, you know, the, if the OIG comes in and, you know, right now they're focused on um, discharge status codes, especially the use of condition code 42 and 43, and if you're performing those audits and you self-report, then they're going to find less of an error. But if you don't do the overpayment reviews, they might come in and find a greater error in their sample, and they're going to apply that to a percentage of claims going all the way back six years, making your payback uh, a lot more money than it would be had you been performing those audits all along, what they find is a smaller percentage, and then they're going to, that would mean a smaller payment because the percentage of the payback is much smaller than had you not been performing those uh, audits. And Mary, you can perform uh, perform overpayment reviews as part of your transfer DRG revenue Absolutely. recovery service, yep, right? Yep, we highly recommend it. You know, as I, as I mentioned, we're, if you're looking for the underpayments, you should always be looking for the overpayments as well. Uh, just to make sure that your bills, as we mentioned, are 100% accurate all the time, whether it be due that they're inaccurate for an overpayment or an underpayment. You need to make sure they're accurate. Great advice. Mary, thanks for joining us today on the podcast. Thank you. This concludes today's episode of the Hospital Finance Podcast. For show notes and additional resources to help you protect and enhance revenue at your hospital, visit Bessler.com forward slash podcasts. The Hospital Finance Podcast is a production of Bessler. Smart about revenue, tenacious about results.